Hi, and welcome to Radical Love Live. Hey there, everyone. It's Mark Dokom. And I'm Kelly Wilson. Hey, Kelly. So what are we going to talk about today? We are going to talk about interspirituality. That's a big phrase. Uh, yes, it is. And I know it's one that you know quite a bit about. Last time we talked, we were talking a lot about the uh, religious landscape study that Pew Research did. Yes. Uh, they did some follow-up with people who were the not religiously affiliated, atheists, agnostics, people that were nuns, no, no affiliation. And some of the quotes that jumped out for the reasons why they were not affiliated with uh, organized religion. Here are a couple, I see organized religious groups as more divisive than uniting. Hmm. Another one, I no longer believe in organized religion. I don't attend services anymore. I just believe that religion is a very personal conversation with me and my creator. Okay. And then one more, I feel like there's something out there, but I can't nail down a religion. Okay. And it's interesting, the key ideas here that they're addressing, which are the divisions between religious groups yes. and among religious groups, the very personal nature of religion yes. and uncertainty as a barrier to getting to spirituality. Yes. Like, I don't know what it is, therefore I can't jump in. Right. You know, clearly religious division is a problem. It's a problem around the world. It's a problem in America. Religious unity would benefit all of us. Right. And I believe that God loves us all and intends to redeem us all and, and have worked to try to find a way to reconcile and put different religions Absolutely. together or how to hold them all in one place. Yeah, you certainly shared how you uh, see your faith and that God is all loving. Yeah, but it's it's been an evolution. I mean, it's it's a challenge. You know, it started from my way of seeing things is the only right way to do it. It's the it's the exclusive claim to salvation right. to sort of a cautious respect and acceptance of other religions. You know, when you see one of those interfaith dinners where two religious leaders shake hands shake and hands. then go back to their own corners. Right, right. Um, what they call ecumenical. <laughs> right, right. And then after learning about other religions, spending some time studying other religions, my eyes opened to the fact that there are people all over the world in religious traditions, some of which were older than the one that I'm in. Mm -hmm. They were not sitting there pining for the gospel. They were thriving and fulfilled in their own faith traditions. Yes. Which, you Whatever know, they see that tradition to be as well. Right, right. Yeah, knowing that they're interpreting it just as we're interpreting it. Absolutely. So it, it was a challenge for me because I was in a tradition that had an exclusive claim to salvation. Yes. But I also believe that God wants to redeem all of us. And I looked outside and I saw that you know, the gospel is one of those things that's hard to believe on a rational level. And I've always been taught that faith itself is a gift. Yes to believe this kind of scandalous, supernatural thing. Right. So if I looked at all these people in the world and saw that they were thriving in their own religions, God had not given them this revelation that the gospel was true, yes. or if it was true, that it was exclusively true and more true than their own tradition. Right. But if God wanted to redeem everybody, I was like, how could he possibly be <laughs> satisfied with just leaving them all out. A great paradox, right? And I mean, there are people who will say that, who say only a remnant of humanity will be saved and everybody else mm. is, is mm. gone. But there have been a number of different ways of trying to reconcile yeah. religions. People who say other religions are maybe partially true, just shadows of the truth, or 
some that try to put them all together and say, well, they're all true because they're all saying the same thing, which they're not. Right. One way that, uh, that we've talked about approaching spirituality is to think about things in terms of interspirituality. That's a word that I've heard you use a few yeah. times. Right. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and kind of how you got to that place? So interspirituality is not my phrase. Wayne Teasdale, if you do an internet search on him, you'll find out a lot of information. So he's the first one that has used that phrase. There are others that are in this space. Brian McLaren, Rob Bell will talk a little bit about it as well. Mm-hmm. There, There's many, many people. So the definition of interspirituality first is that there's a greater existence beyond any one faith tradition or religion, right? That there's something that connects us all together. Mm. Now, how I have explored inner spirituality goes way back, I would say in the last 10, 15 plus years, even when I was agnostic and atheist. I wasn't atheist because I did not believe in a higher power, per se. I just didn't believe in the God that existed in our tradition that we know it, right? I just, Mm -hmm. like, it did not work for me. I got hurt by it. I've shared about that, what happened to me as a kid and, and the consequences of such. But even when I would say there is no God, I would still think, yeah, but there's probably something more. Mm -hmm. Fast forward, I started to seek again, probably about 10 years ago. And in doing that, I encountered a meditation and I learned how to meditate. And so through that and sitting in silence, enabled me to quiet my mind and actually allow my mind just kind of reel out there. And this is before I came back to church. So this would be in a period to where I was still an atheist, I Mm -hmm. guess, if I have to put a phrase to it. So that's the stage to where I started all this. Mm -hmm. Then a couple years later, I had a crisis in my life where I came to the fork in the road where I asked God for help. I had no other way to handle the issue but I was there. And whoever that God was. Whoever that God was. Them for That's help. correct. Yeah. Because okay. at that point, I wasn't going to be able to do it, and no other human was going to be able to do yeah, what needed yeah. to be done because I saw what was coming for me, and it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. So I did that out of crisis, mm-hmm. which is probably grace that was mm-hmm. bestowed upon me, how that happened, whether that is divine or not. Possibly. I do believe it was divine. Looking back on it, I don't would not have said that at the moment. Mm-hmm. That opened the door, though, for me to explore spirituality. And that happened through a certain 12-step program Mm -hmm. where they are very careful with the use of the G word or any particular faith tradition. So inside that space, I learned things like higher power, Mm -hmm. however I defined that. That gave me the basis in which to start thinking of things from an interspiritual point of view, even though I didn't use that phrase at that time. Okay, okay. And then I slowly started to come back into church because now I was curious. Mm-hmm. And I re-engaged and I started to feel the spiritual experience of all of that. And, you know, certainly it was a transformative period for me. But as I've continued down this over the years, what makes sense to me mm-hmm. is to see all faith traditions and religions as a part of the universal truth. The best way for me to describe it is we share in a common aquifer of the divine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There are traditions that drill down in to access that aquifer. That is what I would call a faith tradition or a religion. But ultimately, we share core truths. And inside that aquifer of the divine is the spiritual. So 
Religion is a way to get to that, but the underpinning, what's inside the aquifer that, that we sip from, is spirituality. When we as the human family, which we're all a part of, ask these kinds of questions about, you know, why are we here? Where are we going? What is our purpose? We'll trip across some kind of spiritual notion, right? Now, religion serves as a way for us to explore that deeper, but one doesn't have to have a religion to even explore that. So is there, are you saying there's a difference between spirituality and religion when looking at it with an interspiritual lens? Yes. They can coexist, again, using my, my metaphor of the aquifer, mm-hmm. right? That's at the basic level of all faith traditions, right? Because the divine to me is something that is indescribable and incomprehensible. Then therefore, any religion or faith tradition or any idea that anybody possibly has is built off of something that is incomprehensible. Religion is the way for the human mind to simply have a way to define it and comprehend it. So you're talking about not syncretism or trying mm-hmm. to smooth over the edges and try to find, you know, say all the religions are just saying the same thing. No. It sounds like you're talking about respecting each religion in and of itself. Yes. I, at one time, I really would have, do a mashup and say they're all the same. Right, right. And, and, that's... and I've, I've left that. And I realized, oh, my gosh, no, that's not, that's not fair. That's not right. Because then I'm disrespecting. Mm-hmm. Who am I to say that your faith tradition is not right? You have a belief, right. and you hold that belief. So there's the ability for us to have respect for that. And then I'd like to think that we can see that there's a greater commonality, that there really is something that ties this all together that's beyond any faith tradition that we currently have. And this is based on the incomprehensibility of God or the divine or whatever, mm. because we know that. Even in the Christian tradition, we, we understand that we cannot define God. Yet the irony is that's exactly what we try to do. Right, for thousands of years, of the, through the Hebrew Bible, through the New this Testament. This is what God does, yeah. yeah. this is what God is like. And But it's beyond any human comprehension. Right. But if I go back to where I know my truth mm-hmm. and where I feel through my heart is that we are all part of the human family, and this goes back to... A quote that I lean on time and again mm-hmm. is that, you know, we're not human beings having spiritual experiences. Rather, we're spiritual beings having human experiences, mm-hmm. right? And how we go through all of this and through life, it's understandable. We're, we're human beings. We ask these questions, and mm-hmm. that's okay. Unfortunately, also, what we have a tendency to do is, uh, in the human family is we like to say, well, with certainty, then create binary yes, no type of, well, this works or this doesn't work, that's where religion stops working, especially in this day and age. I mean, I think we're going through a very rapid, radical change. Mm-hmm. And this is not that people haven't thought about this for quite some time, but we're seeing it right now where people are saying one particular faith tradition is hurting uh, a certain segment of people or it's you're exclusionary, and people are saying, that doesn't work for me anymore. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to say, you're here to save me, I'm like, I don't need to be saved. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting, because so many religious traditions, including Christianity, yeah. are very focused on salvation, yeah. on there being a human problem from which we need to yeah. be saved by some transaction. Absolutely. Does oh. inner spirituality not look at salvation, or is it saving you from something else? 
as I've shared before, you know, some years back, I came to a complete crisis in my own personal life where I actually had no choice but to ask God for help Mm -hmm. as an atheist. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I never had completely denied my um, ideas about faith from years past because this happened well into my adulthood. But that was not a saving moment for me. That was probably grace. Mm -hmm. And then that allowed me to then, because I was put into the situation that I had to ask for help beyond any human intervention. It was only, this could only be done beyond that. So that requires me to ask the divine. Mm -hmm. In this Mm -hmm. case, I use the word God, G-O-O-D. That opened the door for me then to start uh, reengaging my own spirituality and ask those kinds of questions. Along the way, Mm -hmm. I reattached to the Christian church, which Mm -hmm. I love. I love it more each day, uh, the stories, and there's certain elements of, of, the, of, the, of the tradition that is, you know, is so powerful. The stories are in of themselves something that gives me hope and inspiration. So does that save me because I participate in that? I'm not sure, but I think if anything else, it has a, the ability to make me a better human being by at least appreciating and understanding and, and quite frankly, believing in some of the stories mm-hmm. that are, are the Christ story. There's, there's sort of a, a creedal system to Christianity that you know, makes some, some claims. Yes. How do you think about or how do you balance very specific exclusivist claims in a faith system? Not just Christianity, mm-hmm. but you know, there are other systems that say we are the only way to God or we are the only way to be saved. How do you balance that with an interspiritual view? Well, I know my own truth internally. I know what my heart feels. You know, I, I, I don't need to be told that um, if that is what another person believes, I will respect them for having that belief. But again, as I said, um, that's not my belief. Mm-hmm. You know, and this, it, we can coexist. We share in the truth. No one owns the truth. Mm-hmm. I'm one of seven billion other people who probably have different ideas on all this, right? So there's a lot of opinions about who is right and who may not be right. And I think ultimately, if we stopped and we're honest with ourselves, mm-hmm. no one owns the truth. We share the truth. And that's where the inner spirituality comes from. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So you were talking about spiritual beings with a human experience. So it yeah. sounds like these religious structures in this point of view are human structures oh, yeah. as a way to approach the spiritual. Absolutely. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Let's embrace that. That's the reason why we shouldn't throw over religious traditions in themselves and say, oh, well, this, none of this works. We need to burn it all down and create a new one. And inner spirituality mm-hmm. is not a new faith tradition. It's merely the understanding that we are there's something greater than all of us can possibly comprehend. There is something that ties us all together, and not just within the human family, with all. You know, we live on this island planet, right? Mm-hmm. We as a species are responsible right. more of anything else, right? So uh-huh. for some that believe that there's, you know, a greater place beyond this, a, what some would call heaven, I think we have to take care of what we got right here. And that's one of the things that some of this research about people leaving institutions has talked about is that there isn't enough focus on relevant social, yeah. ecological yeah. issues for people that are kind of hunkering down and waiting for the end. Yeah. It's interesting to, to you know, go back to this whole idea of the truth 
Because that's that's always been the, the hard part for me to wrap my head around is if you've got two entirely different cosmologies that yeah. sort of make different claims about the universe and different yeah. claims about who God is and who God isn't mm-hmm. and what transaction has to happen to be in and out. Mm-hmm. How do you reconcile those when they're saying different things? It's all good. Mm-hmm. There's no certainty inside of that. Nobody knows what's f- for certain. I mean, you can delude yourself into being certain, mm-hmm. but... At its fundamental point, the divine is incomprehensible. I think that an honest practitioner of a lot of different faiths would have to say that as well, would Mm -hmm. have to say my faith is based on faith. It's the evidence Mm -hmm. of things unseen. Mm -hmm. It's not – otherwise it would be science. Mm -hmm. And this is not Uh, science, but it's rational. Really, to me, it makes more rational sense to think of the divine or faith or religion or God or whatever whatever word works, whatever phrase works, it is all universal and it's incomprehensible. This is what we do as human beings. One question that I'm sure is on some people's minds, though, is if things are so uncertain, if it's so hard to pin down truth, how do you then know if anything's true? It is as real as you and I sitting here right now. Mm-hmm. This is our reality. If you need certainitude, if that's a word, a certainitude. A word? I'm not sure. Okay, I'm not certain that it is. <laughs> How about we go with certainty? We'll just use that certitude, one. certitude. or certainty or. It's your reality. It's your truth, buddy. You don't tell me that word's real, then sure, we'll I respect and honor your tradition. <laughs> yeah, um, certainty is the word. What is certainty? What is it? It gives comfort, but that's false comfort. Mm -hmm. There is nothing that is guaranteed. I think about my rules of life that I've worked on over the course of years, and they're pretty well defined at this point. Mm -hmm. One of my rules is this may be my last day on this planet. I better be grateful for my life yeah, yeah. because I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Now, some would say maybe that's whatever, heaven or whatever. That's not the point. I simply look at that there is no certainty. There's so few things I have control over Mm-hmm. or that I'm going to know definitively, I embrace the fact that I cannot comprehend it, and therefore I live in freedom. I'm not bound to that anymore. Now, I've spent a lot of time meditating on this to get uh-huh. to this point. Uh-huh. I will never know the answer, and no one else ever will either, because religions and institutions and the faith systems that we have are human-made. Spirituality is not. Spirituality mm. is organic, it's authentic, and it's inside of us. Religion is the container if you're looking at things from an interspiritual point of view, from this kind of this aquifer yeah. idea, but you are within a certain tradition, like you're a member of a of a certain church and church. Sure. You and I are together how, at St. John. How do you know that's the tradition that's right for you? And that's what I'm really trying to get oh, at is amid all this uncertainty, how do you know or discern that's which tradition fits you? So Within the Episcopal tradition, I feel at home there. It fits my my ethos. It answers my morals and my ethics. And when I say the confession of sins, mm-hmm. I mean that because, yes, I have and will do evil against my fellow person. If I'm honest with myself, I will do that. I can also say the Nicene Creed. I can also participate in the Eucharist as well and feel that I'm a part of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. That does not take away my ability to see somebody else have a different faith tradition. It's not a zero-sum game, because if somebody practices a different tradition, mm-hmm. it doesn't dilute mine, mm-hmm. does it? It depends on whether, if you have an exclusivist view or not. If, you, if you're looking at a tradition that says, this is the only way, as opposed to a tradition that says, this is a way. But does that dilute 
it for you personally? Well, no. I mean, somebody mm-hmm. worshiping a different way across the street isn't bothering me at all. There you go. That's my uh, point. It, unless I were somebody who felt like I needed to go save them from themselves. But that goes back kind of what we were talking about earlier is right. that there are many people in other faith traditions than mine that are perfectly fine with mm-hmm. what they've got. It's giving them what they need. It's mm-hmm. giving them fulfillment, sustainment. And mm-hmm. I don't feel moved to go over and tell them, get off your prayer rug. You got <laughs> you, you to follow me. I got to save you? Yeah. I will tell you that I am bothered by that. Why don't you leave that person alone? Let them see God in their own way. And let's work on the greater good. When you look at somebody that's a stranger that you do not know, do you not see them as somebody that's a part of your human family? I mean, do you not make a a basic connection? And I think if you're honest with yourself and just take any kind of, you know, uh, blinders off or, you know, what you define and just simply see that person for being a spiritual being, Mm -hmm. maybe you'll think just a little bit differently. Wow. Wow, it's interesting to be able to hold all those different truths at the same time. But this is where I've gotten to a, a, a peace. You know, I enjoy good peace. You know, I yeah. can still get upset at moments. Of course, I'm human. But, you know, I can look at the world with kindness uh, a lot easier today than what I could in the past. Now, um, I do get angry when I see others hurt by somebody claiming to do it in behalf of God or of a faith uh, tradition. I do have a very big problem with that. That's a real world issue we have here. I think that's another reason why people turn away from religious institutions now. They're like, this does not work, you know, especially when we mistreat or marginalize individuals because of who they are, because they don't fit within what a particular tradition believes to be good or godly. And we need to wrestle with this. And in fact, it will come. This We have no choice. You know, we look back on history, but even, you know, in current times, we see people hurt and killed mm-hmm. because they don't fit into right, what somebody says right. is godly. Yeah, That's not that godly. Is, there, yeah, there's some, some really heartbreaking stories. If people stop and think about why we suffer, it's because we see others suffer. Only through inner spirituality are we going to be able to break through. So are you interested in converting anyone to an interspiritual view? There's no conversion because it's not a faith tradition or religion. It's just applying a greater level of understanding that no one owns the truth we share in the universal truth. Interesting. I hear echoes of some of the New Testament writings about seeing through a glass darkly and the the incomprehensibility of God. You know it's there, but you just can't see it. So... um, and this clearly this conversation is one that could just go on and on. There's so sure much could. fertile territory right yes. here. Yeah. And these are some of the issues that any any religious institution that wants to continue to survive into the rest of the century needs to grapple with. Yes. There are This is the reality. Um there are people yeah, like me and I'm not the only person. Spiritual yeah. hunger, but of course. Uh, growing impatience with some of the ideologies and, and institutions Absolutely. as they exist. Absolutely. Um, and this is the conversation that we're going to continue to have through our work with Radical Love Live. These By its very definition, as we say, it's about exploring the spirituality and looking for the uh, the commonality that we share a part of our human family and within the uh, different faith traditions that 
we hold or question, um, there's so much opportunity because faith is one of those things that is very personal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are over 7 billion people on this planet currently at this moment. I bet you every one of us have a slightly different view on what we see as spirituality. And we were just talking about this yesterday, about the fact that even two people sitting next to each other in the same church, although they feel like they're part of a monolithic, homogenous group, everyone is interpreting, everyone is seeing things from a slightly different point of view, emphasizing some things, de-emphasizing some other things. Yes, to all the Um, above, yeah. And we use language to communicate what our beliefs are, but there's a whole lot of unspoken stuff that we necessarily, only we know it and only we can communicate it to ourselves. Yeah, I'm very idealistic about the future of uh, spirituality and and religion, if you want to use that word as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it a dark time? Maybe a dark moment. You know, a lot of people are looking at current uh, religious institutions and structures and going, this does not work for me. There's abuse inside of this, and this needs to change. And yes, all of that needs to happen. That doesn't mean that religion itself is going to die, because spirituality is not dead, and spirituality is not going to go away. So we'll keep asking these questions. Mm -hmm. This is what it's all about, is exploring that. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. And we want to remind you that these podcasts can be found on our website and major podcast platforms. And also save the date. January 26th, 2020 will be our first live event here in New York City at the Cathedral of St. John the Divine uh, in partnership with the Congregation of St. Savior. At what time, Kelly? It will be at 7 p.m. Okay. And What's that date again, Kelly? January 26th, 2020. That's a Sunday evening. That's right. So we hope to see you there. If not, it will be available as a video podcast after yeah. that. Yep. Um, but we would love to see you there. It's going to be an awesome time. So check out our website, www.radicallove.live. Thanks, everybody. Bye now. <laughs>